Hi guys and welcome back to the podcast. I hope by this point you can tell maybe a little bit that I have some new podcast equipment that hopefully sounds a little bit better. I have always been wanting to upgrade my equipment to stuff that's better used for when I bring guests on and just better quality microphones. So I don't have the most perfect setup. I am still in the closet when I'm recording this, but hopefully it sounds a little bit better. I'm so excited for today's episode because I am chatting with my friends, Carissa and Melissa. Every time I say their names, I want to call one of them Marissa though, because I always blend their names, but I am doing my episode that is answering your guys' life advice questions. So essentially all I do is I ask on my Instagram if you guys need any advice in certain areas, whether that be relationships, career, whatever. And all of this, I want to say I'm going into with acknowledging that I'm not an expert. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. These are more so just kind of friendly chats, like you're FaceTiming a friend. And I love my friends. They are so great. We recently went on a trip to Fredericksburg. And I would say that I've known Melissa for a year now. And then I met Carissa back when I was in college. But We just always lived in different places. We've never really hung out that much. And so recently, the three of us have become good friends. And I knew once we went on that trip and we had so many good conversations that I wanted to do a podcast with them. So I'm so excited. We actually already recorded and it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of good conversations. And I think that we're all in somewhat similar life stages. So we're all married, but we got married at different points in time. Some of us have been married longer than others. We're post-grad, in our 20s, haven't had kids. So I think you kind of get a little bit of everything and we're all in relatively more, I would say, creative fields of work in like a freelance basis. So I just really love them. They're really great friends. I'm excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I am also excited because I've had a great week. I would say my high of the week has been the weather here lately has been absolutely fabulous. It's been 70 degrees, sunny, and anytime the weather improves, I feel so boring talking about the weather right now, but it seriously affects my mood so much and just brings me a lot of happiness when I get vitamin D, when I'm out and about just enjoying the weather. So it has been super fun getting to just spend some time outside and kind of be back in Texas after traveling before go heading on some new travels here soon next week. So I really don't have a big low for the week, I'll say. It's been a pretty good week, a very productive week, and especially getting this new podcast equipment has given me a new kind of excitement towards doing the podcast. I want to have all these guests on since I finally have equipment that sounds better. You guys are going to listen and you're like, Michelle, this quality is not even good, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But I guess my only low is that I've been struggling a little bit with sleep lately. It's been really hard for me to fall asleep. I've been going to bed with just a lot of my mind and feeling like I haven't gotten enough done for the day. So then I roll into bed and I just feel a little bit jittery and awake. But last night I got a great night of sleep. So I'm feeling really great. It's Friday when I'm recording this. So this episode is quite long. So I'm going to keep this intro short and we're just going to head on into the podcast. Okay, we have a very special episode today because I am here with my friends, Carissa and Melissa. And Carissa, is this your first podcast? It is, yes. Yeah, you got it. Yep. (laughs) You said it is. Yes, Yes. it is. (laughs) And if you guys hadn't heard, I did an episode with my friend, Melissa. What was that? A couple months ago? Yeah, like, was it December? I think it was December. It was fun. 
and it was so much fun and since then we recently went on a girls trip to fredericksburg and we stayed in a really cool tree house but it was me carissa melissa we had so much fun and we thought this would have been a great opportunity to do a podcast and so today we are doing one all together and it's gonna be a lot of fun but i wanted to start with sharing how we actually met all three of us <laughs> i thought that was a you story i don't remember the first time i met you though was it when remember, we met up for coffee yeah i was like persistently damning you and i was like i am like in texas once a week and like we met up in denton yeah and then my sister jamie and we were was matching we, we were matching and i was like really nervous because i couldn't parallel park and i was like what do i do <laughs> And then me and Carissa, I was in Austin and mm-hmm. I was, I like posted on my story that I was looking for a couple to like model for me for free. And then somehow she, we somehow connected. Did I respond? I don't, either someone sent to you or like I messaged you or you sli- somehow, yeah. some way we started messaging from that. Right. And so we met by taking pictures on a parking lot. Moral of the story, all yeah. good things in my life come through Instagram DMs. Through social so. media. <laughs> it's crazy though how much you meet people through Instagram though. Yeah. That's how I met Melissa too. Cause We've all met through Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I took photos with Melissa and then we hit it off. So we're like, oh, we should hang out again. Yeah. Which like sounds kind of weird to say, but like in this day and age, it's so normal. Well, so, now yeah. it makes sense yeah. because we're all so alike in the sense that we like taking photos and mm-hmm. we're all in social media jobs. Of course, we met through social, social media. media. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know why it's like weird to say that. I'm like, oh, like. Because I always get questions, which speaking of, today's episode is an advice episode. So we're going to be sharing some advice based off of questions that people sent in about a whole range of topics. I feel like I'm staring at both. I, I wish you guys could see our setup. I'm like, going to stare at you. I'm like, I'm going to look at this. I feel I'm like just going to look right I'm here. Melissa's in the way. best spot because she's staring. She can choose to look at Chris or no, Yeah, I, I can choose. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm a teacher right now. I'm at the head of the table right now. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, advice. Okay. I'll look this way. I'll look at myself. But, and you guys sent in so many really great submissions. And so I thought it would be fun to get Melissa and Chrissa to come on because there are so many episodes where people send in things that I just don't have experience in. Or even though I would say you guys are very similar to me, we all have different life experience and it's nice to get multiple perspectives. And honestly, we just had really good chats in Fredericksburg, so I said we yeah. need to do this again yeah. on the podcast. But Not my really. question is, do you have any advice on how to enjoy your wedding when there are so many family stressors? Ooh. To give you backstory, <laughs> I was adopted with my older sister, and oh. our relationship has also been very hard and anxiety-inducing for me. I made the hard choice to not include her in my bridal party for my own mental health. Needless to say, she has not taken it well and brings it up weekly to remind me how terrible I made her feel. I feel the need to make everyone feel okay and important on my wedding day so much. I just want the day to be over and the stresses to not make me think about. No, I just want the day to be over and it stresses Mm -hmm. me out to think about. Do you have any advice on how to reframe my wedding so I can be excited about it again or suggestions on how to draw boundaries when it comes to your wedding? It's a really good question. I think because mine was during COVID, the pressure was taken off because I didn't have all these ideas of, I have all these set bridesmaids that I want to have, or I feel like our options were limited, so oh, it wasn't yeah. stressful, yeah. but the family stuff is hard. I I don't know. I didn't really have any, or any, I think a lot of people struggle with the bridesmaids thing mm-hmm. of wanting to include everyone, but you only want to have a certain amount. Yeah. I, I had a friend get really upset that she wasn't a bridesmaid and I mean I'm not friends with her anymore but um so you can keep this in okay um and she I don't think she even follows me on Instagram okay so um but 
we had like gone out to eat and then she confronted me about not being not allowing her to be a part of the bridal party and I was just like we hadn't hung out in two years and she just randomly hit me up so I was like you just have to think about that it's your wedding day I mean yeah yeah I mean I think about it like when you look back on your photos too you want to see people who were supportive of Mm -hmm. you and brought you joy and not feel like you were including people just to include them Mm. but how I don't know how you would go about kind of like making that situation better in person with that person well, I just feel like whatever you do, like, people are going to have something to say. And so mm-hmm. even if she, like, did all the right things, there would still be issues. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day with your wedding, like, you just have to make your choices and be confident and, like, remember that your end goal is to get married, not to, mm-hmm. like, make everybody Please happy. everyone yeah, else. Because you can't. It's impossible. Yep. And yeah. I feel like that's, like, a lie that we believe that we can make everyone happy because... We can't. can't. You'll drive no. yourself insane always yeah. trying to make other people happy. And maybe, like, there's another way. Was it her sister? I think, yeah. But she, I believe she said she was adopted, so it's not, like, her blood-related sister. Right. But maybe there's, like, another way she could include her that, like, feels mm-hmm. special, even mm-hmm. though she's not, like, a bride. It is her blood sister. She said she was adopted with her older with sister. With her, yeah. So. so I would just say for family members, like, include them in a special way to them, mm-hmm. if possible. I think that's the best way. Yeah. And just see if she wants to maybe help with the planning and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Kind of do bridesmaid duties, but not be a bridesmaid. It's hard. That is that really, really hard. hard. This one is titled Being Emotionally Ready for Marriage. Ooh. She said, Here's the deal. My sister and I are super close, and she's not ready for me to get married and move out of our childhood home. We're two years apart and have always been best friends. I know this dynamic will change as we grow up, get married, and start families of our own. I'm at the point where I am ready to begin the season of engagement, ring shopping, marriage counseling, etc. I like that she said marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. She's thinking ahead. And when this comes up, she asks me why I'm doing this now when I have the rest of my life. The thing is, I'm 24 and this is the right time for me. She also is in a relationship, but they are nowhere close to this point. And honestly, I don't think the guy she's dating is the one for her. My guy is the one for me and my family agrees that he is great and going to be my husband. I just don't think she's ready for me to move out of our childhood home. How can I navigate this the best way possible? And she said, sincerely, a big sister who loves her little sis. Oh, sweet. I feel like she has really good intentions with that question. It sounds like she's jealous, though. I think think that's hard because my sister, we weren't like besties we got closer when I got married mm-hmm. because it created like the healthy separation to where we could like navigate an adult relationship That's nice. and so I think this younger sister big sister duo the younger sister's grieving yeah, a little yeah, bit of like definitely. their childhood mm-hmm. but she has no idea of like what's to come and like there's gonna be so many exciting things of like okay now you can like get to plan fun dinner dates you can mm-hmm. I don't know that's hard though because you can't she can't speak into her sister and assure her that everything's gonna be fine i mean when y'all got married was there ever a moment where you kind of felt like you were grieving like leaving your childhood at all absolutely i think like my relationship with my mom which i don't have a sister so that's Mm -hmm. what i'm comparing it to but like it does change Mm -hmm. and you can't go back even even if you like you were to get divorced like it still would be different yeah yeah i didn't even realize it until until i left home really yeah Yeah. like i i was i was just so like excited about marriage yeah that i wasn't even like i loved my family and i loved living with them but i wasn't even thinking about that i was like so let's get married let's get married Mm -hmm. then i got married i was like oh i'm not gonna have sleepovers at my house anymore just like wake up in your bed yeah i'm not gonna wake up in my childhood bed yeah that one yeah not that one and it's not to say that it's worse when you get married. It's no. just different. Yeah, and it's a 
you're building your own home and your own family mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're not yeah. a core member of your old mm-hmm. quote-unquote old family I would say just like focusing on ways that they can celebrate the new season mm-hmm. and like maybe they can start new traditions or like mm-hmm. I don't know stuff like that that they can focus on and honestly probably having a conversation with her sister mm-hmm. just like reassuring yeah and being clear mm-hmm. I feel like communication is always the most important thing yeah, I feel like just asking her why it upsets her that she's getting married. Because I think if you naturally just ask that, she'll open up and maybe talk about, I wish I was in that phase too. Right. And I am somewhat jealous. I mean, maybe that's a little naive to say. Right. Yeah. Or she can ask, like, how can I make this transition easier for you? Yeah. And, like, what would help you feel more included or, mm-hmm. like, yeah. more special? Because I think with your siblings, you do have to be intentional about hanging out with them once you get married, too, because yeah. you aren't yeah. under the same roof anymore. And But I also think we're in a society that is so negative towards marriage that mm-hmm. they think mm-hmm. it's just going to, like, change a person mm-hmm. when they get married, when really, like, Mm-mm. I did change. We all change when we get married, but it's, it's not this change that society is trying to tell us it's a change. People mm-hmm. are saying out there that, you turn into this person who never sees their friends. Yeah. Like that's, we're yeah. literally like all hanging out right now. Gone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And so maybe that's what this younger sister is like thinking. And you just mm-hmm. need to reassure her that that's not the case. And you're still a sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she probably just really loves you too. So yeah. I imagine if I had a little sister, I am the little sister. So, mm-hmm. and I remember my siblings would grow up and get married and move out. And it was sad, but I think they just made an effort to still keep our relationship. And so it helped. Right. If you guys are longtime listeners and longtime followers, you probably know how much I love Every Plate. And if you guys haven't heard of Every Plate, Every Plate is a meal kit delivery service that is the most amazing meal kit delivery service. And I might be a little bit biased, but I seriously love it so much. It makes cooking meals at home so much easier because they send you all the pre-portioned ingredients, the recipe cards, and they have so many different recipes to choose from on the website. I personally love Every Plate because while I do love cooking and I love going grocery shopping, every night and then especially next week before we head on our travels it's nice to just get all of that stuff shipped straight to your home and you know it's going to take only 30 minutes and all the recipes are extremely tasty and what I love about every plate especially is just that it's a lot more affordable than other meal kit delivery services it's much it's much easier to justify paying for it because I believe it's one of the most affordable, if not the most affordable meal kit delivery services out there. They have 17 recipes that you can change out each week and you can customize it according to whatever diet that you follow. If you don't want to eat gluten or if you don't want to eat dairy, you can make sure that you can make the meals just for your diet in particular. And the meals are all relatively super quick to make. They usually come together between 20 to 25 minutes. So I love every plate. I'll have a link to them in the show notes of this episode if you want to check them out. You guys can try Every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code MICHELLEREED179. Get started with Every Plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code MICHELLEREED179. Okay, this one's kind of long. She says, Hi, Michelle and friends. I've been with my boyfriend for almost six years now. We started dating at 16 and 17 and are now 22 and 23. We graduated college this past May and bought a house together, which was a dream for a while. In the beginning of January, we started going through a very early midlife crisis. We're each other's only serious relationship. As we near the point of marriage, I'm starting to wonder if he's truly the one. We've had such a good relationship, never cheated, and truly each other's best friend, but I can't help but wonder what else might be out there. Mm. Is that normal or is that a sign to explore? She says... To make the story juicier, we had a convo back in January where he told me he doesn't believe in God anymore. 
that wrecked my world. So I eventually broke up with him, but only for five days because he came to me saying that he wants to get his faith life back and cannot imagine life without me. We've gone to church together the past couple of Sundays, and at the end of the sermons, our pastor says a prayer and asks those who are committing their life to Jesus to raise their hands so he can pray for them. My boyfriend has risen his hand both times we've gone, so he's truly trying. But I just cannot get this intrusive, should we take a break, thought out of my head. Living together makes this a tricky situation. Can you offer advice on knowing when someone is the one, hearing God's voice and knowing it's him, and how to get through rough patches in a relationship? And she added, I feel like I should also add that my parents are divorced and I don't have great examples of lasting marriages in my life. So marriage in general just scares me. Wow. That is really tough. If you're even questioning, like marriage is such a big deal. I mean, that is, it's a big deal. And if you're even questioning if you should be with this person, if they're the one, then you should definitely at least halt the process about thinking about marriage. In my opinion, I think you should at least take a break, maybe longer than five days, like move out for a month and see if you miss the person. Like you don't want to rush into something just because you've bought a house together and yeah, you, and maybe that's a harsh opinion, but I mean, I do think there's this temptation in our society to like always be wanting a better thing though. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to find the balance of like that. Yeah. And then also like, okay, is this just me wanting like the next hot guy? Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like, there is a balance, but especially when like God like your faith yeah. is on the not on the line, but like in question, that is such an important thing that I think you need to be unified on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I think taking a break would be wise in that situation. Yeah, because if if someone is having a faith crisis, and you know we're supposed to be there for our partner no matter what, mm-hmm. right? But you aren't married yet, and yeah. so having a difference in faith, like they always say, what's the saying? Like you're supposed equally to be equally yoked. yoked. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so you know, let's say he does get his faith back on track and then fast forward to 10 years and he wants to become an atheist. Well, then yeah. all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're married and you're having to navigate that married and mm-hmm. it's 10 times harder. Yeah. So yeah, I have a friend who just actually went through that process of her husband saying like, I don't believe in God anymore. And mm. it is really hard. And I think when that's something that you're concerned about, I think especially... I don't, know, I don't want to generalize, but as women, we can feel like we, oh, like we can change him. He'll yeah. get better. Mm-hmm. But I would, yeah. Marriage. Missionary dating or yeah. whatever. I think it's really important to make sure that you're aligned. And even Carissa was just talking about this with me yesterday or when was that? Monday. Monday. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. About how no one talks about you should have similar like lifestyle habits too and mm-hmm. make sure you know those things ahead of time. Not that everything's going to be perfect before you're married, but it is important to make sure that your life is going to intertwine well with this person yeah. mm-hmm. and I think especially when it comes to faith it's important to make sure that that element is there not that they worship the same as you or believe everything I don't know biblically exactly the same as you but yeah. there are certain things that I think should be there so I think doing the break might be the healthiest be good. yeah but, but that would be really hard because they live together so yeah I know it makes it tricky I've been with my boyfriend for four years now we've been living together for two He helped me through a lot with my family. He does most of the cooking, the housework, because he wants me to focus on my studies. Because he's 36 and I'm 23. I feel useless. I'm afraid to do things like cooking a nice meal. I've always been told I'm not good enough compared to my brother by my family. Do you know how to break the cycle of self-hate and fear of being judged by my boyfriend, even if he's the sweetest? She said he sometimes gets pissed at me because I'm too afraid to ask or do something, but I don't want to be a burden. We always talk through it, but it's hard for me to stop this vicious cycle. 
Chris is raising your hand. Like, yes, Chris. <laughs> yeah, go, Chris. Okay. So my sweet husband is an Enneagram one, and he is, like, very particular about things. Mm-hmm. And when we first started dating, I went through this. I was, like, everything I did, I was, like, panicking because I was, like, he does it perfect, and I'm this, like, messy girl. I don't know. And I remember I he asked me – this is so embarrassing. He asked me to make him a frozen pizza, and I literally called my mom because I, like, wanted to make sure I did it right. It's <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. And she was, like, what are you – like, I know how to cook. Like, I've made Thanksgiving dinner, but I was, like – like so paranoid oh my gosh so anyway I think the only way through this is to just keep doing things and like mm. keep every time you do it you build trust with the person that like they love you for who you are not yeah. being perfect yeah and so I would say it definitely took me like a good six months but that was so sweet the pizza story <laughs> <is> so embarrassing <laughs> I remember I did that once I made Aiden a meal in college and I called my mom I was like am I cooking the chicken rice oh my <laughs> gosh but you want them to love you and like you don't want to do anything that could turn them away yeah and so it definitely is hard to like rewire your mind to be like it's okay if I mess up mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's hard because Aiden literally just makes frozen meals all the time so I feel like I'm at the bare minimum <laughs> your your and meals are I'm, like doing I'm great the Enneagram one, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, yeah I'm the one who wants things a certain way mm. but I think if you're with a person who loves you for you they appreciate that you're trying to yeah. mm-hmm. and trying like every now and then he will I guess he only eat girls steaks but even if they're not cooked exactly like how I want them I'm like oh that was sweet that he went out of his way right. to help yeah. with something yeah and like the first time I did really mess something up he was so kind about it and I was like oh like why was I so worried mm-hmm. it's not a big deal Melissa do you have any thoughts not really <laughs> I like I let Peyton make the soup last night and I felt pretty proud of myself for oh. relinquishing the c- control do you cook mostly or does yeah you? usually okay. usually I cook mm-hmm. um just because I I'm the Connor. I'm the Michelle. Like I, <laughs> we are control freaks. I'm a control freak, and I I know how much of the salt I want in there. I mm-hmm. I just know what yeah. I want, and it's not that I don't trust Peyton. I'm just like he's not gonna put You'd enough salt. Like he's not gonna do the butter somehow. But mm-hmm. it's like no, I trust him, and so I've been working it. Just letting... so you're the opposite of the girl. You're the one like receiving that. Kind yeah, of... but like I I don't. I'm not upset at him. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. I. I still love him so much, mm. and if he does make the soup wrong somehow, mm. I'm still gonna eat it. Yeah, and I'm st- yeah. I still love him. I'm still You're gonna still like. I have been super open about dealing with hair thinning and hair loss on my channel, and it used to be something that I was somewhat embarrassed about because I was only in my 20s. I expected this to be something I would encounter later on in life, but if this is something that you're dealing with, I want you to know that you're not alone, but also that there are really great options out there for you if you're trying to get your thickness back with your hair. I personally love Nutrafol. If you haven't heard of it, it offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding throughout all stages of your life. It's really easy to take. I just take it in the morning with my multivitamin and I love Nutrafol. I have found that it truly does work. Recently, I've noticed that my hair is a lot longer than it used to be too and it's just been growing more quickly. I usually can go farther without getting trims, but I'm going next week because my hair has just been growing a lot lately. Healthier hair growth does take time though. I've been taking Nutrafol for quite a bit of time. Honestly, ever since I was in my last year post-grad in New York City, I started using Nutrafol then. It does take a while though to notice any difference usually around six months or so you can grow thicker healthier hair and support our show by going to neutrafull.com and entering the promo code read to save $15 off your first month subscription this is their best offer anywhere and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time plus free shipping on every order you can get $15 off at neutrafull.com spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l.com promo code read and the promo code is spelled r-e-e-d 
I've been struggling with this for a while now, and since your upcoming podcast is a girl chat with your friends, I thought my question would be fitting. I graduated from college last year and moved back home to be with my family during the pandemic. I live in a different country from where my college is, and most of my college friends still stay in the same city. I've made an active effort to keep in touch by setting up calls, texting, etc., but I find some of my friends don't put in the equal effort in our friendship. As well, I am a Christian and my college friends are not. There's nothing wrong with that, but I find that I now crave friendships that bring me closer to God, not further from him. So she has three questions. How do you let go of friendships that no longer serve you without feeling guilty? I'm saying this because she put quotations. Mm -hmm. I think every friendship has a season. And when Mm -hmm. you can honor that, it makes it so much sweeter Mm -hmm. versus like trying to drag it into a new season. Because I'm that same way. Like, I still think about this girl who I swam with in, like, first grade. <laughs> like, she doesn't remember me. But yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I lost touch with her. And so yeah. I think just, like, honoring the fact that, like, they have endings. And that's okay. That's not a bad yeah. thing. Oh, that's I, – I have friends back from college who still live in Amarillo that I'm like, they were great friends. I, right. I love them. I loved them. But they live six hours away. And mm-hmm. I can't possibly just be texting them all the time. And it doesn't change what our friendship was. Mm-hmm. I just – I don't see them. And so it's hard to be, for what I want in a friendship, I want to be present. I want them to be present. And that's just not possible with six hours of distance in between us. Mm. What do you think about the thing of dropping someone when they no longer serve you? Because I feel like I've heard that phrase a lot. And sometimes it makes me a little uncomfortable because it's like expecting, I don't know. Like using someone almost. Yeah. So I've I've never just dropped someone Mm. because they no longer. Labeling someone toxic, if they're truly not good for you but I think you should address it if they're like toxic but I think I think people naturally drift apart yeah I mean if, if there's like toxic reasons or they're talking bad about you or if it's like a truly bad friendship mm-hmm. then you have every right to remove yourself from that friendship yeah like that is a completely different thing but if you start like having different interests that's no reason to just like peace out from someone's life yeah. so I feel like that's a very faint line to walk I feel like most of my friendships that ended, there was never a a conflict that, that ended it. It was more so we just drifted apart. Mm-hmm. And I think that that naturally happens as you get older and yeah. you change. And... That happened. <laughs> no, it's not happening. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> no, but I like what Chris has said about appreciating everything for the season that it's at. And I don't think you should necessarily force friendships if you naturally feel that they're fading away, mm-hmm. unless you do really want to keep that person in your life. I think it's worth having a conversation of like, hey, why do you not answer my calls or why do you not text me back or whatever or organize things? I think yeah. sometimes I forget that I also need to be putting in the effort and I expect mm-hmm. other people to do that. Mm-hmm. But I do think if it's just you reaching out all the time, it's worth having a conversation. Yeah. How did you and your friends go about making new friends after college? Instagram DMs. Oh, yeah, we just said that. <laughs> I DM on Instagram. In. No, I don't, really. I don't think I've made one friend outside of college that hasn't been through social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than like when I worked in my in-person office job pre-wedding mm-hmm. photography, like Instagram. And I think you don't need to have an incredibly large friend group, too. I think a lot of times we have that in college, and then you expect mm-hmm. that you're just going to have that in yeah. your adult life. And I think that's great if you have that, but... It's also good to appreciate, like, I have a few close friends, and yeah, yeah, it's nice to be able to give those people attention, too. I also think, like, just saying I need friends, like, when I moved to Austin, I was like, I have no friends, like, someone be my friend, and I was very just, like, honest about that, and I feel like a lot of people responded, because yeah. when you try to, like, 
like appear like you have friends to like get more friends like just be honest be like yeah. i need friends hey who like, wants to go get coffee yes yeah. exactly and like there's and no shame in not knowing people in a new city yeah. and like the yeah. new stage of life so. there's also bumble bff i okay. have I you used it? Okay. i've never it. used it but my friend Allie loved mm-hmm. it like her roommate next year was from bumble bff oh my gosh, that's so and cool. they're like best friends and She's I loved just it. saw something about that. I was yeah. like, I and they're the sponsor it. today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was what so a natural segue. <laughs> so I feel good. like Bumble actually did reach out to me back when I was in college, but it was oh. for the dating one. Oh, if yeah. it was the friendship I one, I would have done. Oh yeah. But... Hey Bumble, hit us up. <laughs> Bumble BFF, not the other. <laughs> okay, and then lastly, were there times in your life where you felt lonely, like you didn't have friends to relate to? Yes. I feel like that's what Chris had just said. Of <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I think everybody goes through that, and like. It's so isolating, but Mm -hmm. literally, I feel like everybody. I remember one time I was talking to one of my residents about it, and then I talked to my boss about it and my mom all in the same day, and was like, everybody's lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, it's just how it is. Well, you can have best friends. Like, I have y'all, too. I have my other high school best friends. But there's still times where I'm, like, staying at the apartment by myself, and I'm like, man, I'm freaking lonely. Yeah. Like, this sucks. But it's just, like, that just goes with life. Mm -hmm. You just have ups and downs. I think especially when you get married too, sometimes you can expect that person to fill your fill cup. your friendship mm-hmm. cup, and it just doesn't work. I think I got to a point where I was like, "Man, I'm not hanging out enough with other girlfriends yeah. specifically," yeah. and I definitely think it's needed yeah. too. Yeah, I'm not as lonely anymore though. I'm not quite there no, yet. Really? I'm still like Connor, well. <laughs> <laughs> like all day, every day. First off, love the pod and looking forward to hearing this episode. I have a relationship question that I could really use some advice on. I would love your advice on how to handle being the only Christian in my workplace. Mm. I recently started a new job and have learned the company I work for is very pro-drinking, which has made it hard to make friends. My coworkers will invite me out drinking, and I try to politely decline, but I don't want to come off as a judgmental Christian. I previously struggled with alcohol before I became a Christian, so I able... I'm easily uncomfortable in social situations that revolve around it. I feel like God has placed me in this company to be a light for his kingdom, and I would ultimately want to do what Jesus would do in these situations. Any advice if you were in my situation? Especially when it comes to the drinking, especially if you struggled with that before, I definitely don't think you need to fall into. Because so many work things, especially when you're young, revolve around like drinking. getting drinks after yeah. happy hour. And, yeah. yeah. And I think like if her whole goal is to be a light, you can be a light within nine to five and like not need to go to these yeah. after hours things mm-hmm. and like your work friends or your coworkers don't have to be your best friends mm-hmm. yeah like you can just see them during the day and then go be like with believers at night yeah and still have an effective ministry i think and i think that's I again where society has taught us that we need to be besties with whoever we're working yeah. with mm-hmm. like every single job i've had before i did photography they would bring up a beer cart at like 3 p.m. Yeah. And mm. that would, but that was also like I was in marketing. It's right. like drinking yep. is so heavily like, yeah, pers- not persuaded. What's the word? Encouraged. Encouraged yeah. in, in that career field. And I just, I didn't. And no one, no one was upset at me for it. Yeah. I feel like people don't actually care that no. much if you don't mm-hmm. too, but sometimes yeah. you feel like you need to, to fit in. Yeah. Or maybe I, even, like, suggesting other things to do after work if people want to go out and drink. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah I never got invited to the uh, after work events. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I didn't. Knew. Yeah, but I didn't care. Yeah. That's always also, like, you just have to be. Be who you are. Content in who you are. And you'll find people who are like that as well. Yeah. I don't know. And, like, when you set boundaries and keep them, it's just, like, it's so good. And so if her boundaries like, not to drink or not to go, 
like every time you keep that it's just it builds so much confidence in yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think people respect you more yeah. too on the outside because you're being consistent in all areas right um, but I also feel like in the Christian community sometimes I felt this in college where if you went into a more secular field, you were kind of looked down upon because you're not doing like missionary work or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really cool when you can keep your values and be who you are. Okay, this one says, my question for the podcast is about dealing with anxiety and homesickness when moving far away from home. For context, I am 20 years old and was born and raised in California, but recently I've decided to move to New York at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to move because there's so many volunteer opportunities through my church that I will get to participate in, and I love adventure, exploring, and meeting new people. I am also a very independent person and look forward to adulting for the first time. However, I worry about how hard the homesickness is going to hit me when I am alone so far from my home and how I will combat those feelings. I have also found that my anxiety has been flaring up as I contemplate this big change. I'm the second oldest of six kids and I worry about not being there for my siblings as they grow up or being too far from home if there was a family emergency. Sometimes the anxious thoughts are so intense that I began to rethink my decision in the first place. I thought you would have some helpful feedback on this topic as you know, as I know you've moved to New York for college and are also very close with your family. Mm-hmm. Any advice on managing these negative emotions when moving? I think we've all moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a long distance from family. Yeah, but Krista I know you, did a state yeah. move. Yeah, multi-state or not multi-state. Yeah, I didn't do a it's multi-state, a but I did six hours, and that's like. But I'm not like as close to my family, so I think. But I was definitely homesick, but not like yeah. family sick. So, I was really homesick, and ultimately that's why I'm in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I that's why I'm back in Dallas. Like I, yeah. I feel like our generation like romanticizes being this like. Like, I left home and, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing it on my own. Yeah. Like, like I seen the TikTok that's, like, I left my home state or a hometown to go TikTok. to New York City. <laughs> or maybe it's unreal. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. No, but it's, like, we... For some reason, we value that so much. And, like, at some point, it's, like, that might not be best for me. But yeah. then you feel that pressure to, like, be cool and, like, do cool things. I think it know? definitely, like, grows you yeah, to... Yeah, it is good. Yeah. ...move. Like, whenever I went off to college, I went six hours away and my brother was like seven or eight Mm. he was little like his voice hadn't dropped he was like my little bestie and then when I got done with college he was like a grown man and it our relationship completely changed and part of me still grieves that because he's like he's not my little baby brother that I left when I was 18 years old but that's just also part of growing up and yeah sometimes it sucks but that's just yeah you grow a lot and but also, I came back to Dallas, so it's not yeah. like I'm the best at knowing how to leave. Like, I'm so thankful I went to New York, because I don't, I feel like I would be so different in so many ways. I wouldn't have married Aiden. I wouldn't yeah. have mm-hmm. had the life experiences that I had. So I totally think you should go and do it. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Embrace it. But also know, if those feelings persist year after year, it's okay to move back closer yeah. to your family. And I think There's especially, no yeah. And thankfully, when I moved back, it was during COVID. So I think a lot of people were moving back home because when a crisis was happening in the world, you wanted to be with your family. You didn't know it was going to happen. And I think that just goes to show that it's good to be close to your family if that's something that you value and you want to have that relationship with your family. But it's also okay if your relationship with your family is better when you're farther Mm -hmm. apart too. Mm Because I know a lot of people are like that too. Yeah. I think, I mean, for practical advice, when I moved to New York... That first year, I just threw myself into meeting new people, doing things. And usually I'm not a fan of distracting yourself to kind of get yourself to not think about something. So I don't think that's healthy. But I think 
when it comes to moving for college or even after college, it does help a lot if you're trying to kind of get past that homesickness. yourself. Yeah. But, but I would also say like plan when you're going home because yeah. I get super like even something to look forward to. Yeah. Even mm. now, like literally the other day, I was crying because I missed the beach. So, <sighs> but like I don't have a trip planned home, and so yeah. I think it's just like hard because I don't know when I'm gonna go again. And so just like having that, even if it's like mm. six months away. Yeah knowing that's coming can help just because in college you have so many times to go home yeah exactly and everything. Yeah. yeah and so just having that to look forward to i think is always helpful yeah yeah my awkward camera like, i have to always Connor sign a peace sign cute. he was like what are you crying about i'm like i miss the beach Aww. he was like okay <laughs> i mean if i grew up in florida i would feel it all the yeah. time it's just where i go and i'm sad and i was like what do i do I can like hear their i know <laughs> Hey, you know Steph Curry's here? Sounds of the city. Sounds of the city. you know Steph Curry's here? I actually don't know who Steph Curry is. <laughs> She's literally me. Guys, apparently Steph Curry basketball. is across the street right now. Does he play basketball? Yes, he plays for the okay, Warriors. I don't, wa- I don't know who they are. I'm the only football, not football. Sports fan. <laughs> are you really a Steph Curry yeah, fan? No. <laughs> Every time I hear Curry, I just think I give food. up. No, basketball. Not basketball. Any advice on how to enjoy engagement more and not be too focused on married life and everything involved? I am so thankful for the season of life, but I'm definitely more excited for marriage. I remember you talking about how engagement is sort of weird because you're committed but not married yet and still have boundaries. And this is exactly what we're experiencing and would love any advice you have to offer. Okay, Connor and I were just talking about this the other day. Did y'all actually enjoy your engagement? I think I did. Really? Okay. I, I, I expect can't relate. <laughs> I did until like hard decisions started being made right um but then once we got through those hard decisions i enjoyed it again okay but just making some like really hard decisions and then but i think the sweetest thing that you've got to remember is that once you're married like you're married and Mm -hmm. when you are engaged you can sort of view it as like the last lasts of a lot of things i mean Mm -hmm. you'll still like get to go to your parents and like all that stuff but I remember soaking in, like, the last Christmas I had with my family. Like, that was mm-hmm. really big to me. I, like, I took a ton of pictures because it was the last Christmas that yeah. it was just me, Melissa, waking mm-hmm. up in my own bed, yeah. walking down yeah. the stairs, doing all of those things with my family. Um, so it's like, yeah, there's sucky parts of engagement, mm-hmm. but there's also some really sweet parts, too. Yeah, I agree. Because I moved home for six months before we got married, and I loved that time mm-hmm. of kind of having that last few months with my family and how long I mean, were you engaged for i think nine months okay so like, that's like a normal amount of mine time. was eight no. months yeah we got engaged in december and married in august so june february march april may june <laughs> when yeah. you're creative eight. okay yeah so, so eight months. that's a good yeah. amount of time yeah can't relate so. and i was planning our wedding with my mom which was really fun mm-hmm. i think it was fun for us to do if you learn to be content in that situation it's going to help you because once you get married Maybe you're going to want kids and you're going to be like, I can't wait to be a parent. And yeah. you're always going to be wanting There's that always next. something. I think yeah. we talked about this yeah. when we did. It's like you always want the next thing. Yeah. And so I think just appreciating where you're at in the moment, even though I know it's hard. I don't have yeah practical advice. But. I would say also like prioritize date nights that like are not wedding related. Yeah. Because that just really helped us like center and just like take a break from all of the busy decisions. Yeah. That was like some of the sweetest dates. Just to feel like you too. Yeah. Just like we're just hanging out, not like planning a wedding and all this stuff. Yeah. Did you like having a shorter engagement, Krista? Uh, no. For those that don't know, (laughs) how long was it? Four months? We got engaged in May and we got married in September. So I don't know. Someone else can do the math. It was basically like three and a half months. Yeah. And it was 
and kind of miserable, honestly. So, <laughs> wait, why was it miserable? We had a lot. My parents were divorced, and so we had a lot of like family issues. Okay. And so I think that it's hard for me to like look at it without that lens. Mm-hmm. So I think y'all just had a lot to navigate in a very short amount of time. Yeah. So if it had been stretched out over a year, y'all probably would have had a completely different engagement. Yeah, it would have yeah. been much more relaxing. So I'm not sure I would recommend, but. But then you got married. I love getting married. Yeah. So it's like. And now you're happy. Yes, exactly. But it is more stressful. Mm -hmm. And so I think like those little moments were really important to me. She says, lately I have been really struggling with one of my friends. She's probably one of the friends I'm closest to. And she also just got engaged to my husband's brother. I always. (laughs) When people. (laughs) She got engaged to my husband's (laughs) brother. So her brother-in-law. Okay. He will be. Yes. Okay. I always have to like visualize when people say stuff. Family tree. She said, I love her dearly and we are a lot alike in many ways and get along well, but I am very much a glass half full time of gal and she is a glass half empty person. There is nothing wrong with that, but she just complains to me a lot about different things and I've tried just listening because I know sometimes you need a listening ear, not advice. But then it comes up again and again and it's often silly things like not being able to find a dress for her engagement shoot and hating the one she already bought and so I offer advice and suggestions and she just always has a reason for why every suggestion won't work this happened with more serious things too than just a dress but it's been really bad the past year or so with just constant complaints and no real action taken on how to change it even when she asks for advice it's like the advice is never good enough and she just likes for things to not go her way i really do love her so much and i want to keep a good friendship with her especially since she will be my sister-in-law but i don't know how to without getting annoyed and with her or letting her pull me down and worry about silly things or stress over her problems it's really been affecting my mood lately and i want to help her because i want my friend to be joyful and i don't know how to not not try and fix her problems when it seems like she doesn't even want advice even though she's asking for advice mm. that's hard dealing with negative people mm. mm-hmm. which is sometimes me yeah so. <laughs> definitely we all have our negative. You know, we've all been there ada was just talking about this in the car because I think we were both just in a bad mood and he was like, I think I've been saying something negative about every other person, which makes me think I am probably the problem. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I do think sometimes people find comfort in complaining because it's easy in conversation. It's easier to be upset than it is to be content yeah. every single day. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. And, and sometimes people don't want advice, but they yeah. want to rant. It sounds like she just wants to connect and like she's mm-hmm. using negativity as to her, have a conversation. As her bid for, like, mm. connection. And so I would... But obviously if it's exhausting you... Yeah, no. Mm. Like, this girl needs to have boundaries, but I think it makes me question, like, is there something else that's causing her to, like, need so much affirmation yeah. for decisions? So... Are you a fan of just straight up asking her, like, hey, I've noticed you've been really down lately. I think Is there something yeah. really going on that you haven't been talking about or something? I think clear communication is the, like, best yeah. way to navigate that. Especially if you're about to be in laws mm-hmm. and you have a friendship previous to being in laws, like you need to figure out your communication soon. Mm-hmm. So once you are in laws, you don't run down the line two years and you're super bitter that yeah she's been complaining to you for the last four years. Mm-hmm. You know you're about to be family. You need to figure out yeah. mm-hmm. the type of relationship y'all mm-hmm. want and how to navigate the different personalities. Or even like getting to the point where, like I just had a friend do this to me and it really called me out. She was like, "We can't talk about this." Like. This is not good for me. And I'm so glad she did that. Like, I respect her so yeah. much for just saying, like, hey, like, this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Like, not crazy things. But yeah, it was just so helpful to hear that. And, like, I really respect her. And it really just, like, made me evaluate things. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think like having, if this girl needs to get to a point where she's like, Hey, like I can't deal with this anymore. Like I need you to not share these things with me. Mm -hmm. Like that's really, that's good. I think so. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think she'll respect the boundaries. Hopefully. I mean, you have really mature friends, Krista. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I was like, I was so excited. I was like, you are amazing. Like I'm learning so much. What do y'all do when you're caught in kind of like negative thought patterns or you're just having a day where every single thing you feel like isn't going right? Mm, I cry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm not good at it. I probably take a bath or I go for a walk, Mm -hmm. take a nap, try and do something that I would say try to like reset. Yeah. Yeah. Like do something that like resets my body. But if I'm still just like sitting in my apartment by myself, I'm those thoughts aren't going to go away. So I need to go walk around target or It sounds... I like being with someone who can call me out, too, because Aiden mm-hmm. will be like, yo, you've been complaining about 50 different things. Yeah. <laughs> Chill like, out. Okay, it's yeah. yeah. Not having someone who just tells you what you want to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, sorry, going back no, to... No, she's go. telling her what she wants to hear, which is, like, constant communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am 25 and single now, but back in high school, I had a very close guy friend. Close as in we had all our classes together and were just tight. Laughing jokes, some flirting, just fun. <laughs> I knew him pretty well from eighth grade to senior year, so five years, and I've kept in touch with brief Hope You're Well texts over the last seven years. This is sad to me because I wish we were still friends, but anyways, I think there were feelings between both of us throughout high school on and off. He is currently dating a girl for a year-ish and often had long-term girlfriends in high school, but lately he has really been on my heart and mind a lot. I'm struggling with this concept because A, he is dating with someone and I never, he's dating someone and I never would want to reach out in that context, and B, I am having difficulty discerning if this is from the Lord or if it is from the enemy. For more context, I dated a guy for three years between high school and now. So these thoughts, feelings haven't existed the whole seven. I know God isn't a God of confusion, but I really can't express how heavy this has been on my heart for over a year now. I have spent time praying for him as an old friend, thinking he was, slash is my role in it, hoping he continues to grow and know Jesus. I know he is a believer. I'm not praying for anything to happen between the two of us, as I know this could be painful. Do you have any advice for those who miss old friends of the opposite gender who were once friends, but also had some feelings for at one point? Whoa. Oh, I think I didn't want to answer this one because I couldn't figure out how to answer it. But I don't think you should say. There's like (laughs) layers. I don't think she should swoop in though. Yeah. If he wanted to, he would. Like he's not dating you. Like, no. I think it's also like part of human nature to romanticize the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we all had guys we had crushes on in Mm -hmm. high school. And it's so, we could all sit here right now and think of ways to romanticize high school crushes somehow, some way. (laughs) Wait, can I say something? I also think as a Christian, it's like, it's easy to be like, is this God? Like when we're just doing that like natural romanticizing you were talking about to then be like, wait, is this from Jesus? Because I've definitely done that. And like, no, it's just me. But (laughs) yeah, I think, I think the best way to get over it is just understand that we do romanticize things and that if they're not reaching out to you, then they're probably not thinking about you. Yeah. And like maybe one day he'll break up with his girlfriend yeah. and But like come along also your path. like she should focus on her versus like yeah. waiting for this guy. Like there's mm-hmm. probably someone out there that like would love her so much more. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's more worth her time to focus on that oh, than yeah. focus on someone who's already in a relationship. And, and if they do break up and you find yourself still thinking about him then maybe go to coffee, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you go to coffee and you're, like, and you're like, yo, <laughs> like, he DMs. isn't actually that cool. Like, I went to coffee with him and I don't feel anything. Yeah. Because people you got your, change yeah, so much. Yeah. You got your question answered and it's no big deal. But yeah. if he's with someone, I think you need to just 
tell yourself the truth yeah because imagine if you were that girl in that situation yeah. I, I don't even think she's like going to reach out no. or anything. No. it sounds like she knows it's not me yeah. but it's more just what do i do with these thoughts yeah that are lingering i also think like you have connections to other people than your spouse like mm-hmm. yeah not in like that way but like you can form different connections with different people yeah and like that's not wrong and like they probably had a connection but like well do y'all believe in soulmates not really no i don't either like i think you build it more than yeah i think you naturally are more attracted to certain people but then Mm -hmm. like it builds i've actually never heard someone say why they believe in soulmates like every time they're asked that people are like no i think for some people, there mm. could be some sort of soulmate situation yeah. where it's like these people that fall in love in like two days and they're married after 14 days and then they're married for 50 years. Yeah. That, I think that's pretty close to soulmates. Mm. But yeah. like at the same time, that that's not me. There's sometimes though with Connor and I where I'm like this, like only God's hand could have done this. Mm-hmm. And like those mm-hmm. are the moments when I'm like, maybe, but. Sorry, that was a my own personal <laughs> no. Q&A question. I believe in soulmates. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep that in. Let's ask everybody. This is the stuff I like. Okay. This one's a job one, which I don't think I answered any job one. So she says, I'm seeking advice on my current job situation. I graduated college back in May and I've always been a straight A student, perfectionist, and an overachiever. As a natural path, I got a job that is one of the best firms in my industry, which is accounting. And I was very proud of myself. I had dreams of having this amazing career and climbing the corporate ladder. This job, however, has not been exactly what I had imagined it to be. I have been working so much, 65 plus hours a week, and most weeks working seven days. And the environment is extremely intense. It makes me feel like my work is never good enough. I'm never doing things efficiently enough or just being productive enough. It also is just not fulfilling me in the way that I thought it would. This has taken a huge toll on my mental health, relationship, and life in general. I am realizing now that I have always found my worth and my achievement and success and no longer want to live this way. I have considered finding a new job that is a lot more balanced, but maybe isn't as prestigious. I also feel a pressure, though, that I need to stay at this job for at least a year or two or else I will be giving up too soon. I guess what I'm struggling with and want to get your perspective on is how do you know when it is time to move on from something that is not for you or stick it out and give it a chance for longer? Also, how do you find the courage to break away from what is traditionally viewed as successful and others' expectations of you? It is also difficult to come to in terms of life and career that I had always seen myself doing, but maybe that's not what I want anymore. That's so hard. I can't imagine working 65 plus hours a week. I feel like we've all been in that situation a little bit, though, of like realizing this isn't for us and like how do you make that change? I, I had a job slash internship where I had dreamed of this job I mean my entire life and then I had gotten it and the expectations I had put on it and like the pedestal I had put this job on Mm -hmm. made me feel like I was just never enough and that was like setting me back so much where I wasn't Mm -hmm. even enjoying this job that I had dreamed of and ultimately I'm glad I didn't continue on with going back after my internship because I had put so much pressure on myself and I just felt like I was constantly failing. So if you do need a career change, I think that's... And now you're doing what you love. Now I'm doing... Yeah, yeah. Now genuinely. I'm, now I'm doing my own thing and, like, I'm not crying after I leave work mm-hmm. and I'm I'm excited to do work every day and I'm not thinking that someone's hating what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to not feel so much pressure yeah. in your workplace. Work is already hard. Don't yeah. make it harder. Yeah, yeah. I think it's hard because a lot of times when you're starting out too, you just hear that you have to grind for X amount of mm-hmm. years to get to a place where you have balance in your career. And I just don't think that's the case anymore because 
at least from what I see, companies are struggling to find people to hire. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like you have the leverage Mm -hmm. to switch to something that is going to be better for your lifestyle. Like, at my old job, it was working a lot of hours. It was working Saturdays, and you Mm -hmm. just constantly had to be on, which I understood that there was a person who was meant for that role, who wanted their career to be their number one. But for me, I just knew it wasn't you. My end goal, like, that was not what I wanted to be doing, and I wanted to be able to see my boyfriend more and my family more and so I think you just have to make those decisions and especially if you've been there for two years I think that is a good point to maybe transition to something different and I know it's scary when you're especially when it's a corporate job where you have all this stability you have Mm -hmm. really good benefits and all that you're like why would I give up this good thing but it is so worth it for your time back because you just can't get that back yeah I think mine like I was in grad school for speech therapy and there was a lot of pressure because like I think it's like 500 people apply and they only pick 20 and so it's like me dropping out was knowing that like I took someone's spot who really wanted it who'd worked so hard to be there and so I felt just like guilty and then like I was letting people down but at the end of the day like those like I just don't want to live my life based on like what people think yeah and I'm Mm -hmm. sure that like she feels that of like what are people gonna think when they see that I'm leaving this job um but I just think ultimately like living for other people's opinion is not fulfilling. I also think that you were just saying that, you know, we don't need to, what were you saying about something about someone's feelings? Like we're not responsible for their feelings? Or caring about what people think about us or something like that? Yeah. What were you saying? Well, Carissa was saying that (laughs) we shouldn't care about, you know, what people are thinking. or Like live for their feelings. Live for their opinions. And I sort of think that's funny because us three have all landed in jobs on social media yeah. where our career is fully based on what people think about okay, us. True, so, true, but true. I think we learned a lot from each of our previous jobs oh, to yeah. not care mm-hmm. what people think because we had such heavy feelings, grief or whatever mm-hmm. we were feeling towards our previous jobs mm-hmm. that now we're like, hey, you don't like me. Yeah. Okay, you don't like me. That's just, I mean, that's how I look yeah, at it. Yeah. Like, if you don't like my photos, I respect that. Yeah. Great. But someone else will. I also relate to like, cause I feel like in speech bath, I thought I was like really cool because I was like helping kids learn how to mm-hmm. talk. And then when I switched to social media, it was like, okay, this is so lame, like in the scope of life. And it was really hard for me to let go of that. Like I'm helping to like, mm-hmm. this isn't trash. The pedestal you put yes, yourself on. Yes, exactly. And so I don't know. I just relate to that and it mm-hmm. is kind of hard, but I think when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's so much easier mm-hmm. than like grinding for something that isn't right. And like, yeah. yeah. Honestly, now I don't really care because I know I'm so much better at this. Like I was fine at speech path, but Mm -hmm. I'm so much better at this. And so it's just cool to like be in the right spot. It's still hard to see people like my age that have graduated college and they're they're working Mm -hmm. wherever. I'm like, man, they must have a great life. Right. Did that life and it wasn't actually as great, but I know that social media can be so. People really do act like that after college. Like they love their job and that they're so. I'm like, do you really or just for LinkedIn? (laughs) (laughs) Link, tell me. Because I always, I mean, with what I do, it's so awkward to explain to people. And I'm not just going to be like, I'm an influencer. Right. And I always dread when, like this weekend, I was hanging out with these girls. And it was literally all of us in a circle. And it's like, we hadn't met before. So they're like, oh, like, what do you guys do? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And that was the first time, though, that I actually didn't feel that feeling of, oh, I really don't want to explain this. That's good. Because I truly do not care what people think. Because I have worked that job. And I knew... I mean, the job was great, but 
it wasn't meant for me and I was not my happiest there and now I am and just because someone looks at it and thinks oh she just like posts photos on Instagram it doesn't really I don't know take away the value that I think about my job Mm -hmm. but it does take time and I think the thing that made me start embracing it more was not acting like oh, I'm an accountant or something and pretending to have another job, but just embracing it (laughs) and then explaining why I like it. And then people are like, oh, wow, that's really awesome. And like the girls Mm -hmm. were like, whoa, that's so cool. And I think that sometimes you think that people are thinking things about you and maybe sometimes they are thinking negative things, but honestly, they're probably just jealous and like confidence Mm -hmm. is so cool. And so when someone's like confident in Mm -hmm. what they do, Mm -hmm. like honestly, no matter what it is, yeah, you respect it. And so I think Mm -hmm. she'll get to that point where like she's confident and respected. I think this might be the last one because I just realized it's 5.30 and I said we would stop at 5.20. We can do one more. This we love to says, talk. I just have a question slash advice request on consistency of healthy mind habits. After Ooh. reading Atomic Habits that helped me change and implement habits in my life and that are still consistent now. However, I've been thinking lately about healthy internal slash mind habits. Is there a way you incorporate healthy mind habits conscious of what you think about or dwell on? And what do you do to keep your mind habits healthy and consistent? That way they flow into all other aspects of your life. How to practically live out Romans 12 too that talks about renewing of your mind. I mean, I talk about this a lot, just being conscious of the stuff you consume mm-hmm. because I think now there are so many podcasts, YouTube videos, music that you can listen to. And I think we'd agree that a lot of it's not very savory. So I think you just have to decide for you what's good and not good for you to listen to and watch. You should only listen to Michelle's podcast. I was literally <laughs> listening to rap on the way here. <laughs> aren't affected by yeah, it. like yeah. i don't know i think especially within the christian world it's yeah. like you shouldn't watch this or you should watch this like i'm really affected when i watch movies and stuff that's mm-hmm. just not good for me or like i don't really like watching horror movies because yeah. i don't like to watch i things hate scary demons. movies because yeah. that stuff just affects me but you can listen to rap and you're not gonna repeat all the words yeah. they say yeah <laughs> yeah I, I love rap i mean but i also love me some good like chill band music <laughs> yeah i don't know but I, I don't get affected by music, like, whatsoever. At yeah. least I think I yeah. don't. I think just, like, uh, okay, I'm trying to remember her question. Okay, when I dropped out of school, I just, like, made these affirmations, which is, like, so cheesy. And at the time, I was, like, I'm so lame. But a couple of more Bible verses. But I just read them every single morning. And then, like, anytime I had, like, doubt, I would just go back and read them. And it was really helpful mm-hmm. because I think our minds just literally forget the truth mm-hmm. so often. And so just, like, reminding ourselves of that. And I even, like... So this is like so lame I like set reminders on my phone because I was just so oh. afraid of like doing what I'm doing yeah. and I just like needed that constantly so I think just like being honest with how much you need like mm-hmm. good input mm-hmm. I don't know I think back in the day there was so much emphasis on memorizing verses too mm-hmm. I say back in the day there's probably a lot of people who still do this which I <laughs> we're need just, we're just, which I was like yeah. I haven't I'm just years. an awful <laughs> we're just not going to bible camp we're not in a wine what'd you say a wine <laughs> Do you know what a wanas is? A wanas? Oh. Yes. No, I used to have to sit on the couch and memorize a yeah. verse before a wanas yeah, to get a prize parks. or yeah. something. No, I don't know what a wanas is. I feel like we <laughs> talked about this too on a trip. But Sorry. I think that that's also helpful to remember versus if you're specifically struggling with like insecurity or remembering where you find your identity, it's helpful to memorize verses. Because my parents, they would just say verses when I was struggling with something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's mm-hmm. really cool. I need to do that. I though. think we forget how powerful the Bible is. Like, mm-hmm. we read it a lot, so we're like, wow, okay. But, like, in those moments, like, it's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. And just being armed with that is really... Do y'all, good. like, mute people on Instagram that it's not healthy for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still search them and look at... <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, don't we all though? Everyone knows. Um, the amount of people I've muted that I still search. <laughs> you don't have to cut that out. I want to see that list. Or I'll unfollow them and then okay, and then I'm exposing myself and follow them on my clients account so I can like look occasionally. But, yeah. Like, Oh, there are people who have a lot of burner accounts because yeah. they yeah. follow me. It's yeah. like just a picture of a powder puff girl. Or oh something. my god! Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I tr- I've I tried to create those boundaries mm-hmm. of muting, but it's just like ultimately we're all human, and we. Yeah. No, for sure. I don't know. Well, so I think you need to hit that block button. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think I can. <laughs> okay, I lied. I kind of want to do one more. I recently lost my job as a marketing coordinator a little over a week ago because the company decided to outsource their marketing efforts so they let me go. I know in this day and age so many people are dealing with losing a job and this has had nothing to do with me personally so I respect their decision but I just feel very discouraged looking for new opportunities. I have already had four interviews which is amazing but I keep leaving all the interviews feeling so disappointed with how it went. Long story short, I have severe anxiety. I know I'm qualified for the jobs, but the nervousness is definitely evident and no amount of prep, practice, or research can seem to shake it. Mm -hmm. I am extremely thankful for unemployment benefits and my beyond supportive husband for wanting me to take the time to find the job that's right for me. I just fear that my anxiety is getting in the way and I keep putting this unintentional pressure on myself to find something soon because unemployment won't last forever and my husband and I have long-term goals that we will need two incomes for. She said, cue me applying to over 30 jobs already. I have also had three different jobs in the span of two years, so I really want to find a career where I feel content and can see the potential to stick with for longer than a year. I'm just not sure what that looks like, and time feels limited to figure it out. I will say, by how she wrote this email, she's a very good writer. So mm-hmm. That's so discouraging. Like I feel like jobs, because it's so close to your identity, like what you yeah. do, it's so discouraging when you're in that moment. Have y'all ever lost a job? Yeah, I got I fired like, from Chick-fil-A when I was 15. What? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I was 17. It was not when what I first started. What did you do? Steal nuggets? Me and my friend. <laughs> me and my friend, we actually met working at Chick-fil-A. She's one of my mm-hmm. best friends now. Um, we met there, and it was both of our first jobs, and we got fired the same week. Mm-hmm. I still think to this day that they just were firing all the people that were getting paid the most money. Mm-hmm. Um but they, I do they pay people differently at Chick Fil A? Yeah, you like go up at because oh. I've been working there for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. and so I was making nine fifty, and for like a wow. seventeen year old yeah. girl, I was like, oh yeah, I'm bringing in the money. Um, but I had taken off for the weekend to go on a family vacation, and they like didn't approve it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna stay home alone. Yeah. Like I'm seventeen, while my family goes on vacation, they're like, oh, we'll get someone to cover, mm-hmm. and so I got someone to cover everything but two hours, and they fired me the minute I got back. And I was like, I've been a great worker. But then I worked at Chick-fil-A during COVID, so I guess they forgave me. (laughs) They said, we need you back. Yeah. (laughs) Come fry these nuggets. But it was defeating, and I still got upset about it. Yeah. I remember my – I've never gotten fired, but I almost got fired. I think I told you all this. Um, My boss, like, called me, and there had been a miscommunication and something I hadn't done. She thought I did and was going to let me go. And it was right after I moved to Austin, and – like I had this ridiculous rent and like I wasn't like comfortable enough around Connor to be like like crying essentially Mm -hmm. and it was just like I have never felt so low and I was like sitting outside this coffee shop just like what is going on like Mm -hmm. and so I totally understand that just like devastating feeling of Mm -hmm. like it's sad that you lost your job but you just like feel worthless yeah Mm -hmm. and so I think just like for her I don't know taking time especially it's nice that she's married I know that's what I was thinking like that's because I was like I'm stranded but like she at least Mm -hmm. has some support and I guess just figure out what 
doesn't feel like a job to you. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. you have this unique opportunity to get to figure out what you want to see yourself in for the next five, 10 years, however long you want to work. And I don't know, just think about what you would wake up and enjoy to do, not feel like you're going to work. Right. And it could be like a really cool opportunity to like reflect and like refresh Mm-hmm. And it might be, like, such a gift in the end, even though in the moment it's really painful. Yeah. And if you are nervous about interviews, just tell them. Like, yeah. any, mm-hmm. I, I went through an interview process before I decided to go full-time with my own business. And I made it to the final round. And each round, I'd be like, hey, I'm nervous. Like, just, mm-hmm. like, and obviously they were liking me. Like, yeah. it was working. Yeah. Um, and they'd be like, yo, we're nervous, too. Like, this is this is a big thing. And so, like, yeah. yeah. I if, love that. If you're shaking and you're nervous, just let them know. Be like, hey, sorry. Like, I just am really excited about this opportunity. Yeah. I'm a little mm-hmm. nervous. Yeah, I took a public speaking class in college. I remember he said, like, don't run from that feeling of being nervous, but yeah. embrace it because it shows that you respect the other people. Yeah, and you, and you care. Do a good job. And yeah. I love the idea of telling them that, though. I've yeah. never really heard. I've always told people that yeah. in interviews, and I always get the job. I feel like it kind of brings <laughs> the pressure down, too. Yeah. So, like, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah, she also, doesn't think she's hot. So. Wear clothing no. that sweat doesn't show. Them, <laughs> yeah, that's really my number one advice is like plan your outfit according to sweat. Because yeah, and be open with your husband too about that and talk through it. Yeah, because when I did open up to Connor, it was like one of the best things for our mm-hmm. relationship. Like it just built so much trust. And so I feel like obviously they're already married, so they already trust each other a lot. Mm-hmm. But like you can still grow in that, and that going through a hard thing like that together is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think those are all the questions that we're going to answer. I don't even know how long this is going to be because like I have like five 20-minute chunks. <laughs> it's 5.45. Oh, my goodness. We actually have a dinner reservation. Yeah, gotta so go. we're going to head out. But I wanted to mention if you guys want to follow Melissa and Krissa on Instagram, I will have their info in the show notes. Melissa's a photographer, and then Krissa can help you with any marketing needs that you have. Yes. So definitely check her out. And that is it for this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know if you like the episodes where I bring on my friends or people who are closer to me in life. These are personally some of my favorite episodes to listen to from other people. So I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, if you want to help out the podcast, it always helps to just leave a review. You can just write it on Apple Podcasts. I've heard Spotify now has them, but I haven't figured out how you find those. But feel free to write a review or, of course, I always love seeing when you guys are listening on any day of the week. If you just want to tag me in a story, I love seeing how you guys are listening. If that's when you're on a walk, if you're working, if you're watching your kids, whatever it may be, I really love to see that. And it always brings me joy and I always respond to those. So feel free to tag me. And yeah, I will catch you guys in my next episode on Monday. Bye, friends.